Should Christians be celebrating Halloween? That's a great question. And in today's episode of the Noteworthy Podcast, we're going to take a deep look into the origin and the history of Halloween and try to answer some questions from a scriptural and a logical perspective of how Christians should approach Halloween. Guys, thanks so much for tuning into the Noteworthy Podcast. I'm honored that you're here. Let's go. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to this special bonus episode of the Noteworthy Podcast, where today we will be answering the question, should Christians celebrate Halloween? That's a great question, and I'm really glad that you asked. I want to start with 1 Corinthians 10 and 21. It says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. Anyone who has done a decent amount of study knows that before a question can be answered, one must look closely at the text and context and the culture of the history being studied. So our question today is, should Christians be celebrating Halloween? Before we answer that, I think it's important that we take a look back to Halloween's origin and history. So, first of all, why is it called Halloween? Halloween is the spookiest night of the year. It's it's also booming in the retail industry. According to the National Retail Federation, Halloween spending in the U.S. is projected to reach $8.8 billion in 2019. And the Halloween fever isn't contained to the states either. In fact, people around the world celebrate the holiday in many different ways. But where did all these strange practices come from? It turns out a lot of these customs date back centuries The holidays changed over time, transforming from an ancient tradition to the flashy fright fest that a lot of people know and love today. So let's take a look at the origins of some of the culture's favorite Halloween traditions. Scottish poet Robert Burns helped to popularize the word Halloween with his 1785 poem of the same name. So where does the name itself come from? According to the online etymology dictionary, it's actually two words smushed together. Hallow, or a holy person, refers to the saints celebrated on All Saints Day, which is November 1st. The Ean part of the word is a contraction of Eve or the evening before. So basically, Halloween is just an old-fashioned way of saying the night before All Saints Day. It was also called Hallowmas or All Hallows Day. This comes from the fact that November 1st is All Saints Day, which ironically was actually a Christian feast dedicated to celebrating the faithful departed, including all 
the saints. In Christian tradition, people start celebrating major feasts the night before they take place. Take Christmas Eve, for instance. Historians have linked Halloween to Samhain, the Celtic festival of the summer's end celebrated in Ireland, Scotland, and the Isle of Man. Samhain is a pagan religious festival originated from an ancient Celtic spiritual tradition. Celebrants believe that the barriers between the physical world and the spirit world break down during Samhain, allowing more interaction between humans and the other world. But don't take my word for it. Let's let history do some of the talking here. So why? Why do some of these traditions happen? Bobbing for apples used to be more than just a splashy party game. Halloween has come to be most closely associated with the pumpkin. But however, apples have played an important role in its history as well. After all, apples make numerous appearances in the Celtic mythology and are often connected to, in quotations, the other world. Bobbing for apples remains a popular party game. The reason, well, you might be amused to find out. I shared this with my youth class this week. They thought it was hilarious, so I'll share it with you. Well, the practice used to be considered a form of divination performed around Halloween. According to NPR, that's right. People would dunk their heads in a vat of water and try to bite into a floating apple in a quest to figure out, are you ready? Their future spouse. <laughs> Ladies would mark an apple, toss it into the tub. Thinking, the thinking was that they'd be destined to whoever pulled it out of the water. Yeah, some interesting things happen in our culture. But let's not stop there. Let's, let's let history keep informing us a little bit. What about... Uh, these lanterns, these jack-o'-lanterns. Well, let's talk about it since we're talking about Ireland a lot. Jack O'Lantern was an Irish folk figure. The tale is the reason why we see these everywhere now. The legend says that Jack, a local drunkard, saw Satan climb into a tree. Being the sluggard that he was, he trapped him by hacking a sign of the cross into the bark. In exchange for letting Satan climb down, Jack had him vow to never claim his soul. And when he died, he was too evil to go to heaven, says the legend, so he tried to return to his old pal, the devil. Satan upheld his end of the deal, hurling a piece of coal from hell at the dead man for good measure. Left without anywhere to go, Jack placed the blazing coal into a turnip to use as a canter, and the dead man then set out, doomed to wander, because his soul had no resting place. Are you guys seeing a pattern here that almost everything that we've talked about is connected to some kind of satanic background? But don't take my word for it. Let's let history talk to us. What about this trick-or-treating and dressing up? Where did that all start? Ancient Celts dressed up as evil 
spirits in order to confuse demons. Are you hearing me right now? They were afraid of the spirit world that they were welcoming. And so they would dress up as evil spirits in an attempt to blend in to the darkness. So they wouldn't be targeted by spirits. Time reported Irish and Scottish immigrants brought souling, is what they first called it, to the States in the 1800s. But modern day trick or treating didn't catch on in the U.S. until the 1920s. So trick or treating, the candy, that's all kind of a part of modern history. But dressing up as evil uh, beings such as witches, warlocks, vampires, zombies, this is something that was happening in ancient Celtic worlds in an attempt to blend in to the evil spirit realm. Should Christians celebrate this holiday? No. There's just no logical or spiritual reason why a child of God should celebrate things that have so many demonic connections. Look with me in 3 John 1.11. Beloved, do not imitate evil, but imitate good. Whoever does good is from God, and whoever does evil has not seen God. When you dress up as witches, vampires, warlocks, and ghosts, you are imitating evil. You're replicating something that wants to destroy you. You're in entertaining spirits that you would never want living in your house. 1 Corinthians 10, 21. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the table of the Lord and the table of demons. You know, when the Bible teaches us things, some things are very black and white. Some things are very straightforward, like thou shalt not kill. We know we're not supposed to kill people. We know we're not supposed to, to murder. We know that, that there's some sin in the Bible that's just so written so plainly that we can see it. There's nowhere in the Bible that says, thou shalt not celebrate Halloween. But when we, as Christians, when we run into these situations where scripture doesn't necessarily say something straight out, we have to apply it to our lives just like we do any other standard in our life. And that is we have to apply biblical principles because sin changes. I mean, uh, the way that people sin changes based on what's happening in the culture. The Bible doesn't say thou shalt not smoke cigarettes. Why? Because there was no such thing as a cigarette uh, back in the Bible days. And so we use biblical principles that say our body is the temple of God. We're children of God, right? And so we apply these biblical uh, principles to our lives to help us live a better life. And so even though there's not a scripture that says you shouldn't celebrate Halloween, there are lots of biblical principles that we can apply to our lives. Look, 1 Peter 5, 8 says, be sober-minded, be watchful, your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. 
Ephesians 5 and 11, this is a biblical principle. Take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them. We have so many scriptures that when we apply it to our lives, we can see that we shouldn't be associated with darkness and evil. Now, right now, I'm going to share with you a little bit more of a personal opinion. And this is not a biblical principle. This is a personal opinion. Now, and you might disagree with that, with this. And and if you do, I completely understand and respect it. I have personally never seen anything wrong with with little kid, a little boy dressing up like a fire firefighter or a little girl dressing up like Snow White or something like that. Uh, because the biblical principles applied towards Halloween are against imitating evil, which there's nothing evil about Woody from Toy Story or Buzz Lightyear. So the biblical principle is not necessarily applied to that. But I do think that we have Bible that says Christians shouldn't be dressing up like witches and zombies, anything that's an imitation of evil. We have biblical principles that say Christians should absolutely not be doing this. Now, for me, you know, my son Judah, the first year he was born, uh, he was, you know, like a month old. He was dressed up in a little newborn outfit of Peter Pan. No, I don't think that that it's evil <laughs> to dress your son up like Peter Pan and let him have fun on Halloween. But doing a safe alternative for your kids is exactly what you should do because we don't want to promote and support Halloween. And so we give them a good, wholesome Christian environment to where they can be safe and have a good time and have a holy time instead of being involved in something that we don't agree with. I want to close with this story from the book of Acts chapter 19, and I think it's very applicable to Halloween and a lot of the spirits that sneak into the country when we celebrate darkness. Okay, the spirit of darkness and witchcraft had fallen in Ephesus in Acts 19. We read of a demon that was overtaking the city, and we all know the story. He had overcome the sons of Sceva, and the whole town knew about it. Uh, Ephesus was able to see publicly that they were powerless against the spirit in their current condition. We all, you know, love the scripture, Acts 19 and 15. The spirit said, Uh, The evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, and Paul, I know, but who are you? Right. This is great preaching material. And when they'd heard that the spirit feared Jesus and Paul, everybody started talking about it. And so in Acts 19, 17, it says, and this was known to all the Jews and the Greeks also dwelling at Ephesus and fear fell on them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. And many that believed came and confessed and showed their deeds. Watch this with me. And a number of those who had practiced magic arts. Okay, we're talking about witchcraft, witches, warlocks. It says that they brought their books together and they burned them in the sight of all. And they counted the value of them. And found it came to 50,000 pieces of silver. Watch this after they burned the witchcraft. 
So the word of the Lord continued to increase and prevail mightily. Revival took place when evil was destroyed. Ephesus knew that if they were going to have victory in Christ, they couldn't associate with witchcraft anymore. Should Christians celebrate Halloween? Something that is completely connected to darkness? If you want to have revival, if we want to be the church and if we want to be the light, we've got to stop trying to blend into the darkness. Revival took place when witchcraft was destroyed. So as for me and my house, um, we're, we'll eat candy. I'm fine with that. I don't. It doesn't bother me if, if little kids come to my door. I'm going to give them candy. Go have a good time. But when it comes to actually celebrating the holiday, my family will not be doing so because we are called out, we're separate, we're children of the light, and we just don't want to be associated with darkness. Now, I'm going to end with this. Christians should have fun, safe alternatives for kids that don't involve evil. Don't just tell them what they can't do. Give them something that they can do. You can have fun, but stop imitating evil. No good ever comes from imitating evil. I don't want to celebrate a holiday that glorifies darkness and pushes away light. But for example, my church, Apostolic Tabernacle in Jonesboro, Georgia, we very strategically and intentionally host our fall festival on Halloween every single year. And we purposely do it on Halloween to have a safe, wholesome alternative uh, for children. It's not that we're celebrating Halloween. It's that we are giving children a safe, fun, wholesome family environment on a night that's really unsafe, has a lot of darkness out there in the world. There's a lot of kids out there on the street. It's really not safe. And so the church should open their arms. Don't close down. Don't close down on Halloween and say, we're not going to do anything. No, it's our job as the church to open our arms and say, you know what? We don't celebrate that because we're, we're children of the light. Why don't you come be a part of the light tonight? Why don't you come? We're, we'll have, you know, we might have trunk or treat. We're going to have a good time. We're going to play games. We're going to eat chili. It's going to be a great time. We're not celebrating Halloween. We're having a fall festival and we're having a great time as the church of the living God. And I would encourage you and your church to reach out to people on Halloween and give them a safe, fun alternative that will give people light and say, you don't need to deal with darkness because the church is a light. Guys, thanks so much for tuning into this very special bonus episode of the Noteworthy Podcast. You are probably listening because first thing in the morning is Halloween. So you'll probably be listening to this on Halloween day. And I think that's a great time to get this message out there. Be sure to tune in this Sunday, the one and only brother Raymond Woodward. Uh, I had the great opportunity to interview him and what an incredible anointed conversation that it was. Be sure to tune in. I love you guys. Be sure to leave a rating and review. And we'll see you on Sunday with Brother Raymond Woodward. God bless.